Dyke centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get this hour underway. It's Flames Talk on a Tuesday. It's December 5th with Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. We're coming at you from the Scotiabank Saddledome in our palatial hot stove lounge. Hopefully your Tuesday or whenever you're listening is going along very well. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Vix. That was a, a very enthusiastic Aaron Vickers you gave me. I appreciate well, that. I'm boy. very enthusiastic about the person, so oh. seems like the thing to do. Attaboy. Um we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. It's that time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. And we'll go inside hockey by talking about the news of the week for the Flames. And that was Tuesday morning's news about Jacob Markstrom who is uh, week to week with a broken finger. He sustained that fractured finger on Monday morning at practice as he was attempting to make a stop. Um, So he will not need surgery on that finger. That's the good news is that no surgery needed, but they are going to be without him for least the next week if not longer team has recalled Dustin Wolf from the Calgary Wranglers and Dan Vladar will get the start versus Minnesota Tuesday night that'll be your goaltending tandem for the next little bit obviously not exactly the Flames news that we were all looking for definitely not the news the team was looking for but at the same time sounds like it could have been a whole lot worse just the the fact that they um, went out of their way to say that no surgery is needed that in and of itself makes this a whole lot better than it could have been we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska in just a second and um, and and he'll give us uh, some further updates as to where things are going with this but yeah it's not perfect news it's not yeah he's good to go and he only needed to miss that practice but it's also not he's going to have surgery and and be out months so uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see Dan Vladar, Dustin Wolf as the tandem for the time being. Yeah, not the best case scenario, which would have been, you know what, he's getting right back in there Tuesday night against the Minnesota Wild. Not the worst case when it's only week to week. And if you're interpreting tone and things said by the head coach, maybe it's closer to the near return than a, than a lengthy one-month absence. But fact of the matter remains is the Calgary Flames are going to be without their starting goalie for the time being and Marsham started 16 of 24 games this season it's a 55 start pace over the season prior to the injury started 58 last year and 63 the year prior so you know maybe this is just a, a if you're looking for a silver lining perhaps there's a little bit of a, a break for Jacob Markstrom who in my opinion has helped I don't want to say carry the Calgary Flames through the first quarter of the season but he's certainly been one of their best players in my books but now it's on uh, Dan Vladar and Dustin Wolf to help keep the Flames in the playoff conversation after, in my opinion, Jake Markstrom helped spearhead the turnaround from a team that had lost six straight and had two wins in their first 10 to a team that's flirting with a 500 record and just being on the outside looking into the uh, Western Conference wildcard picture. And 
we hear it a lot where one, an injury to one player is an opportunity for another, and while this is going to be an opportunity for two players in Dan Vladar and Dustin Wolf. Um, I, I feel bad for Jacob uh, just because it's such a freak play and such a freak accident. I mean, th- that's like a one in a thousand time that that's going to happen. Uh, the one time that he accidentally turned his blocker hand the wrong way, um, like if you're a professional goalie, um, you're going to try, especially when you're a professional goalie who is wired the way Jacob well, it's is. it's just instinct. Exactly. And he practices the way he plays. And one of the things that people have always raved about Jacob is, is that he does just that, that he practices the way that he plays and that he's always there to set a tone. This is why when Jacob was signed, people talked about the impact he could have on this locker room because he's a guy who is, he he leads by example with his intensity, with his work ethic, with his consistency, with his preparation. And so, yeah, I I feel bad for the guy that a freak accident where he was battling, competing, and going on instinct, as you said, ends up being uh, a broken finger. I feel awful for him, um, but at the same time, I am interested to see how this team goes about their business with Ladar and Wolf as the tandem for the time being. Well, and the Calgary Flames have a busy part of their schedule coming up, so you're going to get a lot of opportunity to see one or the other or both because starting Tuesday against the Wild, the Flames have eight games in 14 days and 10 games in 19 games. So there's only one set of back-to-backs in that sort of stretch, and that'll be next week at Colorado and at Vegas. So I'm curious to see who we see, when we see them, and under what circumstance does one of the two carry the bulk of the load because this is really a time for Dan Vladar to show what he can do. I mean, he's been with the organization for long enough, but he's never quite taken that next step in my books. And you've also got a top five goalie prospect in the world in Dustin Wolf, who's only got a couple of NHL games under his belt. And he wants to show that he's ready for full-time NHL duty. So yeah, you don't want to see your number one goalie go down, but I think you've got two guys with plenty to prove that are going to take this sort of Jacob Markstrom absence to try to propel themselves and their status a little further up. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. He addressed everything on the Jacob Markstrom front on Tuesday morning after morning skate. We have good goaltenders. You know, we mentioned that yesterday and, uh, you know, um, Jacob's injury just opens the door for opportunity for both Danny and, and Dusty. So we're, we're not concerned in that regard, yeah. Knowing when it's week to week, so you must be planning for at least a couple of weeks, does that change your plan for how you want to use your goal? No, it doesn't. You know, I mean, that goes back to the, well, having trust in, in the guys that we have in the organization. So it's almost like you just shift the, the names as to how you had it penciled out. So um, we know both guys will give us chances to win. So we're, we're comfortable playing both for sure. Will the breakdown of playing nine be similar between Bladar and Wolf and was between Markstrom? It'll depend how, how it goes. You know, that stuff's all kind of up in the air. But the great thing about uh, Jacob's injury, um, it's not as bad as it it seemed. So week to week, is, um, you could see him I don't know, one week. It could be shortly thereafter. So it's not something that um, is anything we're expecting to be long-term, which is a great thing. To be around the organization, organization for perhaps a little bit longer, maybe like it is a week to week, but just being around, 
Uh, I think it's always a great thing for a young guy to be around, no matter what the situation is, whether you're playing or not. I, I think some guys over the years, and you can look at Rasford as an example, he was brought up as a younger guy, and I think he played one game in about a month's time. Um, but he had an opportunity to spend time with the players to see how they did things on a daily basis. And for, for Wolfie, I, I look at it the same way. The difference is he'll play. Um, you know, so it, it's a good opportunity to have a chance to work with Jason all the time. It's a good opportunity to um, see what Vladdy does at the other end of the rink. And it's a great opportunity to be around Jacob as well because it's not like Jacob's not going to be in the room. So it's, it's a good thing for sure. Talked about how heavily you had to lean on Markstrom in the first month, where the team game maybe wasn't where it needed to be. As far as timing, is this maybe a good time in a sense because the team game is trending in the right direction? Um, I, timing, I don't know about timing. You never want to see anybody um, go go down. But um, Vladdy's coming off his best start he's had this year, um, and Dusty played two great games in Henderson um, this past weekend. So you know, we're as I said, we're we're comfortable with where we're at. In a way, are you, like unfortunate circumstance, but you're around Dan pretty frequently. And in a way, are you kind of like he gets this opportunity to run with a little bit? Like that's got to be a something you might be happy that he gets to circumstance. Well, it's opportunity, and he deserves it too. I mean, we we've talked a lot about our goaltenders here over the last probably a year and a half, really that we feel like we have three guys that are capable of being number one guys. So now when doors open a little bit, it's up to that player to make sure that door doesn't close. So um, whether you're talking about Danny or Wolfie, that they have to push it open further and they have to make some difficult decisions. So that's, that's now on them a little bit where um, the door has opened a crack because of a, an injury to Jacob. And now it's up to them to, to really push and take advantage of their opportunity. So you've talked to Jacob, and I, is he relieved? Obviously, you said it could could have been worse. Um, he, well, he wanted to play tonight. Still, that's the way he is. You love it about him. Um, um, so I, I don't know if relieved is the right answer, but um, I, I don't anticipate him being out all that long, knowing him. So there's head coach Ryan Huska, who spoke on Tuesday following Flames practice, um, and and look. As we said on Monday, the Flames are quite confident they can stay competitive with both Vladar and Wolf as their goaltenders here for the time being. Um, let's uh, let's. I mean, and, and you heard there's Ryan Huska kind of reiterating the this could be a whole lot worse conversation. So that also is good news. But let's let's start with Vladar. Uh, he's going to get the the first start in Markstrom's wake. Uh, it'll be Dan starting against Minnesota on Tuesday. And as we talked about on Monday's show, that's probably the way that this should go, right? Like, Dan has been the guy who has bided his time. Dan's the guy that has waited for opportunity. He's been the number two, so when the number one goes down, you can understand, especially with the way Vladar played against Vegas last Monday, you can understand the team saying, yep, okay, we'll just go with uh, Vladar and then go from there. And and really, that's the only answer we got. Vladar's going to start against Minnesota. Who knows what happens Thursday in Calgary's next test. Yeah, and we heard Ryan Huska there be a little non-committal about what the splits might look like between Vladar and Wolf um, in Markstrom's absence, and rightfully so, because if one goalie gets hot, you're going to ride that goalie and, and give him the majority of the starts. Wasn't a lot of panic or concern in Huska there, and I think some of it is the timeline that the Calgary Flames have on Markstrom. Some of it, as he mentioned, the fact that the Calgary Flames are deep in goal with Vladar and Wolf on top of Markstrom there, so... Makes sense for me to start with Vladar. You mentioned the game against Vegas where he stopped 27 of 28 in the overtime victory, only allowed the one goal. And you see if he can recapture some of that. I know that was November 27th. That's 
a week and a bit behind us, but at the same time, he's also the guy that's been the backup for two plus seasons to Jacob Markstrom, and he's the incumbent, if you will. He's the guy that's been on your NHL roster for a number of seasons now, so I, I think it's perfectly fine to start with him. As excited as the fans are to see Dustin Wolf get more and more games, I think you go with Dan Vladar and see if he can replicate that success against Vegas because one of the knocks on him, as you mentioned, has been his inconsistency where he one goal against Vegas, then three the prior two starts for him, and then 16 goals against in the first four starts of the season for Jacob Markstrom. So we've seen at times... Uh, for Dan, Dan Vladar, rather. Pardon me, Dan Vladar, yeah. yeah. We've seen at times Dan Vladar get hot but we've also seen him go hot and cold so I think it just makes sense to start with the guy that's been with the team for two plus seasons and see if he can get on a bit of a roll but you're not going to hesitate to go to a guy like Dustin Wolf who the organization is incredibly high on well and and as as Ryan Huska said like he's gonna play uh Dustin Wolf is not just gonna come here to sit and watch I he'll play on this homestand he'll he'll play Thursday he'll play or or Saturday like yeah. I think he'll play on this homestand no doubt about it um and and honestly I don't I don't know what to expect on the Vladar front because I thought he was great against Vegas on Monday thought he was dynamite and was the number one reason why they beat Vegas that night but I also know that Last year when Jacob was really struggling and the team said, okay, maybe it's time to just rest Jacob here for a little bit and maybe it's time to give the ball to Dan for more of an extended period of time and see if he can take it and run with it, struggled a little bit. And as you talked about, the consistency uh, has, even in, in his role as backup, has been a little up and down the last couple of seasons. You got a lot of what you wanted in year one, but year two and now year three, the peaks and valleys have been a little bit more further apart. It hasn't been as much of a flat line. So I'm not sure what to expect, whether it's this start against Minnesota or let's let's ballpark say it's seven or eight games that, that Jacob ends up missing. And it could end up being much less than that. I'm just throwing that out there. That's like a two-week time span, eight Eight games, games and 14 games, exactly, yeah. Okay, so if it's eight games, um, I, I don't know what to expect if Dan gets four or five of those starts. I, I really don't. and uh, Because you know he's capable of the type of night that he had against Vegas last Monday. But we also know he's capable of nights where it's it's just not to the same degree. And that's part of becoming a number one goalie in this league. But, no, I, I don't know exactly what to expect. Well, and to touch on that, that game against Vegas where he ended up with a 964 save percentage, that's the first time this year he's allowed fewer than three goals every other starter has been three or more with one being four and another one being six and listen it's tough to be a backup goalie because you're coming in and then you're going out for two weeks and you're coming in and you're going out for an extended period of time so there's no real chance to work yourself into a rhythm I'm not saying that this is going to change and he's going to have an opportunity to work himself into a rhythm with Dustin Wolf backing him up or or getting some starts in this next two-week stretch here but this is really the time that the team is going to look to Dan Vladar and, and kind of shrug your shoulders and go, all right, show us what you show us what you are because we need to know because we're going to have some very difficult decisions to make in the future. Help us try to make those a little bit. And then on the flip side for Dustin Wolf, get more NHL games. Show what you're capable of. You've done it at every level so far. And the Calgary Flames want to stay in the race. They need one of these two goalies, I think, to step up. Again, it could only be a two-week absence. could be three, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. fact of the matter remains is that in the two-week span, the Flames play eight times. In 19 days, they'll play 10 games. So there's a lot of work to be had here. 
one of them needs to seize it, I think, in my opinion, in order for the Calgary Flames to stay relevant in the playoff picture in December. Well, and, and that's the other part of it, because we know this is an opportunity for Dustin as well. We'll hear from Dustin in just a second. He spoke. He's going to back up on Tuesday night, but he spoke Tuesday morning. Um, and he, he knows this is an opportunity for him. This is going to be the first chance that Dustin has where, like, we knew that when he came up earlier this season, it was only going to be for one start because we knew that Jacob's situation was not major. Um, so it was the one start. He got it. I thought he was fine against the Senators, and, and I actually thought you came away feeling the exact same way about Dustin in the NHL yes. as you did after his first game. Didn't pick up the win, but I thought Dustin was very strong that night. But this is the first time didn't that, help that the team in front of him allowed 38 shots against and imploded in the third and period. imploded in the third but this is the first time in Dustin's career that he'll be up for an extended period of time in the NHL with an opportunity to start multiple games and that's different and so it's a big time opportunity for him and I'm really curious to see how he handles his starts it's going to be plural I think and you know it's it's going to be maybe my number one most interesting thing over the next couple of weeks is how Ryan Huska and, and Jason LaBarbera and Jordan Sigalette decide to platoon these two. Is it a 1-2 or is it a 1-A, 1-A? Like, do we, are they rotating? Does one guy kind of stay hot and go until it's time to make a change? I'm, uh, do they schedule it out? I have no idea how this is going to play itself out. Well, and that's the curious thing because as many games as the Calgary Flames are going to play over the course of the next two or three weeks, there's only one set of back-to-backs, and that's on the road next week, Colorado and Vegas. So you have an opportunity if it's Dan Vladar or if it's Dustin Wolf, if one of them starts turning in, turning out performance after performance after performance, you have an opportunity as a coaching staff to ride that goalie as much as you see fit because you're going to have the opportunity to give adequate rest between games, maybe you know scheduled days off for the goalie, but maybe not the team in terms of practice time and whatnot. There's an opportunity that if one gets on a roll, you can absolutely throw whatever plan you have, whatever calendar you have in the garbage and just roll with one of those goaltenders, provided again, they give you those quality starts after quality starts and they're in a rhythm that you just simply don't want to take them out of. Let's hear from Dustin Wolf. He spoke a little bit with us after practice or morning skate on Tuesday. He's going to back up Vladar in Calgary's game against the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, like you said, obviously terrible thing to happen to Mark yesterday, but um, a good opportunity for myself to to hopefully get an opportunity to play some games and um, just be around this atmosphere and the guys and try to get myself a little more company to it. How how comfortable are you? This is, I think, your third recall of late. How, how, how much more comfortable are you than, say, at the end of last season when you first got the call? Yeah, much more. I think um, you know, I've gotten to know the guys a little bit better and i uh, already been up for a week this year. Um, so it's been it's been good to to be in this locker room and um, you know be able to put my best for, foot forward every day and I'll try to help the team win. How would you assess your performance in the game you did play this season? Yeah, obviously the result didn't didn't come, but um, yeah, I was pretty happy with with you know how I how I played and um, like I said that night it's a building block for sure. Um, you're not going to win every night, but it, you want to give your team the best opportunity to to win and. Um, you know if you can do that, and you know that's, I'm doing my job. Things from playing in an NHL game that you learned that you wouldn't learn without playing it. Is there? I know that sounds strange, but yeah, I mean it's a real question because guys are so good in this league. Uh, it's different than the American league. Guys are 
so much better at, at tipping pucks and um, getting in your face and getting in your eyes and making it difficult for you to see things. And, um, you know, it makes my my job a little harder. So I got to um, you know, make sure I'm fighting through and doing everything I can to, to see pucks. And um, I know the guys in front of me are going to do everything they can to help. Look, I really... Um... I really like it, it's tough to talk about being excited over something because uh, after a guy gets hurt. So I'm, I'm not because I'm a big I'm a big Jacob supporter and, and I'm a big fan of his and, and um, I'm disappointed that he's going to have to miss some time here. That being said, I do think it is. I, I think Flames fans have I, I don't think you're being a, a poor fan or morbid or anything like that in being excited about seeing Dustin Wolf because Flames fans, injuries happen and Flames fans have been waiting for some sort of opportunity to, to see Dustin have a few more games at the NHL level. So um, I, I think Jacob is Jacob's still the only guy on this roster who has bonafide, no questions asked, number one credentials in this league. That's yes. not to say that Dan or Dustin couldn't earn those credentials, but Jacob Markstrom's the the favored uh, sorry the 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 proven number one in this league and should be the number one on this team. Injuries happen, and as coaches always say, um, an injury is an open door. And so now two guys have got an opportunity to walk through an open door. And I think the guy, I, I think that there's excitement about Vladar, but there's a, a, a palatable excitement about seeing Dustin Wolf. And and I am too. I'm I'm really interested to see what he can build for himself. And if he can make this conversation even more interesting when Jacob's ready to come back in a week or two weeks or whenever he's ready to go off of this broken finger. Well, and I think fans should be excited about Dustin Wolf because all you have to do is pull up his resume where you've got goalie of the year in the WHL, goalie of the year in the CHL, two-time goalie of the year in the AHL, AHL MVP. Like, you name it, and this guy's won it. He's just been elite at every single level he's gotten to. And I think there's a little bit of curiosity as well, just because it's easy to root for him because, in a, in a sense, he's an underdog. Seventh-round pick was the last player from his draft class in attendance in Vancouver mm-hmm. when he was selected. And you remember the cheers when he got drafted. I certainly do as well. So he's a guy that's, you know, small for a goalie. So you start stacking up the, the underdog element and the fact that he's won everything at every level in terms of an individual goalie award. And then you look to the fact that the Calgary Flames are deep in goal, but adding a prospect of his pedigree, and if he pans out at the NHL level, that's a guy that you can play for a decade. Yep. And so, and we've seen the excitement around guys that have come up, whether it's Matt Coronado, whether it's Connor Zeri, whether it's Pospisil, so on and so forth. Whenever there's a young player, it injects not only in the dressing room for the players, but in the fan base, fans get real excited about what could be, what's his potential. So absolutely get excited about Dustin Wolf because he's done it at every level, and I understand the curiosity and the excitement to see if he can do it at the NHL level as well. Let's dive in on the text line at 969.60. says, Pat, I'm concerned that when the time comes, they have Wolf full-time, but the team sucks. Isn't that a waste of his talent? Um, I, don't, I don't see it that way. I mean, I, I don't think that... First of all, I don't think the team is going to be so poor that 
it really throws off Dustin's development. Like, I don't see it being that. Like, first of all, the team has been much better since the beginning of November. Yes. So him coming in, they're, they're playing a much better team game. Last hour, we talked a little bit about that on the round table. Like, they're just much better situated as a team to deal with an injury, whether it's a goaltender or anybody else. It's their overall team game is significantly better than where it was a month ago or a month and a half ago. So you don't ever want injuries to happen, but at the very least, they're in a better spot, I think, to withstand this. So I, I, don't, I don't really worry about that on the Wolf front all that much. No, it's not a major concern from myself as well. And you're not asking... Dan Vladar or Dustin Wolf to come in and steal games the way you needed Jacob Marstrom to provide that ability at the beginning of the year just because as you mentioned they're playing a much better 200 foot game much better all round team game so there isn't necessarily all you're asking these two goalies to do is not cost you games and then let the guys in front of each goaltender you know, kind of yep. guide the ship, if you will. So I'm, I'm not really concerned about that scenario for Dustin Wolf. This is, guys, they have eight games in 13 days. Even Daryl would give the backup three games in a schedule like that. That's from <laughs> Dylan in Revelstoke. It probably would. Um, and, and in this case, yeah, I think five and three is probably the minimum what you'll see in terms of a split, and it could be a whole lot. Like It wouldn't surprise me if it's eight games that Jacob ends up missing. Wouldn't surprise me if it's a four-and-four four situation. No, and, well, again, it, all it takes is one goalie to get hot one way or the other to throw out every single plan that you have. But, I, again, looking at the schedule and the way it sets up, you can easily give one goalie the bulk of the work or you can easily split it up as well based on the every-second-day kind of scenario that they have. But I think ideally you want to see Dustin Wolf from an organizational standpoint too. And we've seen a lot of prospects come in and, and make an immediate impact. And the sheer curiosity, for, I would imagine, for the front office of the Calgary Flames is can Dustin Wolf sort of be the next one to do that? Now, you're not going to put the weight of an entire organization on Dustin Wolf. It's a little bit different being a goalie than it is a left winger or a right winger coming up as a 22 year old or a 23 year old. But at the same time, again, all he's done is win. That's all Dustin Wolf does. And so, yeah, I can understand the curiosity from a management standpoint, from a media standpoint, from a fan standpoint. What can he do at the NHL level right now? Uh, this says, while injuries to a starting goalie are never great, it's actually really good for the org in the sense of seeing what Dustin Wolf can do, assuming he gets more than a game. This could be a good opportunity for the rest of the league, too, to take notice of how good Vladar can be, positive for any trade considerations for Conroy if they do end up as sellers. And finally, this says, uh, December 2020, December 2003, rather, Mika Kiprasov established himself as the starter after an injury to Roman Turek. Let's see if Vladar or Wolf can do something similar with Markstrom 20 years later in December no pressure. 23. Yeah, that's maybe a little bit of pressure. Um, probably a little unfair. But no, I, I get I get the connection. I do. Uh, this says, um, Pat, of course it's not morbid. This is hockey and players get hurt. Um, is there one person who's not excited to see Wolf? No, I'm, I'm excited to see him for sure. And maybe we see him on Thursday. Maybe we wait until Saturday. I think a lot of that will be determined with how Dan Vladar plays against Minnesota. Great stuff on the text line at 969.60. Pat and Vickers, and that's your look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary. Top products curated for Calgarians, and we mean every single one of them, uh, every single one of you, rather, only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today. 
You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I want to talk about a couple forwards as we wrap up this hour of Flames Talk. Aaron Vickers and Pat Steinberg along with you on a Tuesday. And I want to start with Martin Pospisil as he's going to sit out as a healthy scratch for the first time in his NHL career uh, for Tuesday's game against Minnesota. Remember, Martin came in like a house on fire and was he was great. I he, literally have a house on fire written down. You know, We're is, so simpatico. Is that really a term that like... Is, is kind I don't of understand like, it. But. No, I don't either. Like, see, it's like hotcakes. Why do we still use the term hotcakes? Well, I bet hot- you back in the day those sold really quickly. I'm sure they did. I just don't know if hotcakes are such a, you know, big-time commodity in 2023 or not. Uh, but Martin Pospisil was shot out of a cannon trying to use other, you know, Do very- people still shoot things out of cannons? Not really. T-shirts? Yeah, T-shirts are about it <laughs> now. Um had a great start to his NHL yes. career. Scored in his first NHL game, was putting up points on a fairly regular basis overall, and now uh, hasn't had a point in his last two, seven. four, six, seven cool. games. Uh, so it's been seven games without a point for Martin Pospisil. And and it feels like his game has faded the last two or three. So he's going to get healthy scratched against Minnesota. Walker Dewar is going to come back in after missing five games as a healthy scratch. And... This is not a punishment for Pospisil. This is a reset for Pospisil. And and head coach Ryan Huska, we we spoke with him prior to the game on Tuesday, right after morning skate. And you know he's looking at this as a reset. Get back to the guy that you were in your first three, four, five NHL games. Be that straight line, straight ahead, playing with edge, hard forechecking Martin Pospisil as as maybe opposed to what's happened the last two or three games where it hasn't been as impactful we haven't seen that four check as effective and his games just come on he's just come off it a little bit and that's going to happen with a guy playing in his first NHL game it happened with Connor Zary he came off it for a little bit had the one game where he was battling through something minor they sat him out and he's been much better since and we've seen it with lots of other younger players and and so I think that's what's happening here with Pospisil is take a little bit of a reset and uh, get your game back in order. Watch a game or two from up top. Don't even know if it'll be multiple games, but watch this game against the Wild from up top and then come back with uh, just a a little bit of a different feeling and and a little bit of a different understanding as to what you need to do to be the most effective Martin Pospisil you can be. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to give him a little bit of a rest, get him squared away, and as you mentioned, started like a house on fire with three goals and two assists in his first seven games, but he hasn't had a point in his past seven, as you mentioned. I thought he's done some good things, so maybe okay things, but in the NHL, okay isn't good enough, and he played just 837 against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. Over his past three games, he's averaged somewhere around that 10-minute mark, and I think you want him playing more minutes than that. So by just taking him out of the lineup, giving him a bit of a reset, go up top, watch the game from a different vantage point, see where you might be able to be more effective in just watching. But again, I've, overall, I've liked the body of work that Pospisil has shown the Calgary Flames. And it's not always a smooth, seamless transition. It's not always flawless when you're going from an AHL player to trying to be a full-time NHL. That tr- transition isn't just necessarily linear. But I haven't soured on him one bit in terms of him potentially being a full-time NHLer with his tools. He can skate. He can be physical. He can be a pest. He's shown flashes of some really good skill. He's made some really kind of 
pull you out of your seat plays. And again, the way he uses his speed is is very much a benefit to the Calgary Flames. But I think a game or two away and having him return to the lineup, he can be more of that difference maker he was when he joined that line with Connor Zeri yeah. and Nazem Kadri. And I don't think that this is an indictment at all on on him. Well, and now an opportunity for Walker Dewar to make it difficult to take him out because he's kind of been in a very similar situation. Has has not been the same effective Walker Dewar that we know he's capable of being, that he was in all of his games that he played last year. Yeah. And look, when Walker Dewar's on it, he's a – you know, he – he and A.J. Greer are not all that different when they're on it. They, they play that kind of press style, hard forecheck, where they disrupt on the forecheck. I know Ryan Huska on, on both guys uses the term killing plays in the offensive zone a lot in that they're able, because of their forecheck, because of how hard they come at you, they're able to break up zone exits. They're able to break up clean passes from D to D. They make they pressure defensemen and and a lot of times third pair defensemen, so they pressure some of those guys to make quick decisions. And a lot of time in this league, a third pair de- defenseman, when they're pressured, makes a significantly different and or worse decision yes. than a first or a second pair defenseman does in this league. So that that's that's what makes Walker so effective and here's an opportunity to him to for him to get back to doing that as well. Well, and when he was at his best last season, he was doing all those things you mentioned, but he was also creating some offense as well. He had seven goals in 27 games last year. That's a 21-goal pace over an 82-game season. Found the back of the net just once in 14 games this season over an 82-game stretch. That'd be six goals. I'm not saying Walker Dewar needs to go out there and score to be effective or to be efficient or what have you, but the fact is we've seen A.J. Greer, for example, put up some solid secondary scoring numbers for the Calgary Flames. We haven't seen that out of Walker Dewar. But if Dewar can go back to his straight-line game, as you mentioned, pressuring defensemen, getting hard on the forecheck, being physical, those are things that will start the trickle effect to him being more effective in those offensive forays as well. And then there's Andrew Mangiapane, who had his ice time cut back in Saturday's third period, which is not something we're used to seeing with Mangiapane. He's not usually a guy would who would have his ice time cut back, but uh, did not see a lot of ice in a game the Flames were chasing in against Vancouver on Saturday. This was uh, Ryan Huska, the head coach, when he was asked about it after practice on Monday. He's at the point in his career where he's got to bring people along with him. So he's got to set a standard for how he plays consistently, and he's got an identity to him. Um, when he's at his best, he's, he's, he's a pest. He's hard to play against. He's always on the puck when he's at his very best. So he needs to do that consistently so other guys see him do it now. So he's not the young guy anymore. Uh, Andrew's a guy that has to bring people along with him. So that's the word from the head coach, and this was Andrew when he was asked about it on Monday as well. Kind of out, out of my control, obviously. I don't think I was playing my best game uh, last game, so um, that's on me. I got to you know be able to you know come to come to play every every game and you know be my best, right? So uh, got to get back to that uh, next game. Well, it's one of those things. I mean, I know that the goal is to have it yeah. every night, but yeah. it does occasionally. We all have bad days at work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I think it's just kind of limiting that, and I, I know guys were maybe going, and uh, I wasn't right. So it's just again, it happens, right? It's just now me coming back and playing a good game tomorrow, and that's kind of what I'm focusing on. Feels like the, that line with you and Elias and Yeager has found a good little groove. How how have you felt on that line? Yeah, I feel good. Uh, they're two smart hockey players, right? Obviously, Lindy's a you know smart two way guy, and 
um, Sharkies, you know, got a great shot. So I think uh, we kind of complement each other kind of uh, well. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're still kind of building that chemistry and just kind of reading off each other. But in every game that we play, I feel like we're taking another step. And it's not like Manchapani's having a horrible season. There's Andrew Manchapani after practice on Monday. 14 points, has him fourth on the team. Um, but I do think that there is just more overall from Andrew, and I think there's more overall in terms of the way that he um, can impact the game. And, and it's not just goals and points, although that's part of it. Uh, I just I, I feel like there is more overall to his game, and I, I feel like he can simplify his game a whole lot more. Like, it's really not all that different. I mean, you heard it from Ryan Huska. It's really not all, all, that, all that different to what we were talking about with Pospisil. The only difference is, is that one guy is an NHL vet and one guy is still making his way in the league. Andrew's the NHL vet, but when he's at his best, he's a straight lines, simple player who is all about direct lines to the net, working hard to get to hard areas in front of the net and being a shot volume guy. And and his shot volume, his attempt volume, his chance volume is way down this year. And I just think, and I'm not suggesting that it's because of laziness or complacency at all because I don't believe that to be the case. But I think more of a focus of being that guy and and really honing in on what has made him such an effective player over the last number of years, uh, I, I think that is something that's going to really help him here as as he tries to get his game back in, back on track. And again, I don't even want to make it sound like his game's completely off track. It's just as he looks to get back to being a regular after being sat out for a third period for a little bit, I, I just think those are some of the keys that you might want to see. Yeah, and even just looking at the game log, his production doesn't look so bad with five points in his past seven games, and he's one of a handful of players that has five goals, and he's in the you know top five in scoring on the team. But you're right in the sense that I'm waiting for him to be more impactful and, and leave a bigger impression on the game, and that doesn't have to be goals, assists, and points. It keeps back, getting back to that peskiness, that tenacity that he had in his game that made him a 35-goal scorer. And if he gets back to more of the root of his game, he's going to annoy the opponent more. As similar to Pospisil, he's going to force the opposition into more mistakes, things of that nature. And we just haven't seen enough of the Andrew Mangiapane that we we know and love, so to speak. That's being a little bit dramatic, but he's not... There's still that grittier aspect that's still waiting to come back, I think, into his game. And, again, if he can park himself in front of the net, go to the, the dirty areas on the ice, get a little hungrier around the net, whether it be tips, deflections, rebounds, or just, you know what, putting a glove in a defenseman's face and, and stirring it up post-whistle, because he did that a ton a couple of seasons ago. Not so much last year as he dealt with his shoulder injury for the majority of the season, and I can certainly understand and and. To a, to a certain degree, relate in not knowing what your body's going to give you day in, day out when you're trying to accomplish something. But I think that there are ways outside of just production numbers where he can be more yeah, effective yeah. and get back to that. Uh, he is Aaron Vickers. Mr. Vickers is on Twitter at uh, AA Vickers. He is uh, with us all week on Flames Talk. And uh, we start to wrap up this hour. Uh, Taylor and Cam have been our producers this hour. As, uh, hey, we say thank you for listening. And we wrap things up on the Sports Drive, which is brought to you, as always, by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security. 
security with smart locks and safes. Visit calvarylockandsafe.com.